Um, let's say you are carrying a $100 balance but you're, or a $5,000 balance, but you're paying it down and you're paying on time. Paying on time every month is a good mark on your credit. Even if you're just paying the minimum, right. it's a good mark on your credit. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on today's episode, we're going to revisit a topic that's kind of important, and it's something that's been affecting many Americans in this season of pandemic, and that's credit scores. Recently, Bankrate.com did a survey, and they found a few things that we want to share with you. These may actually be affecting you. So we want to talk about not only what's happening, but give you some reminders of what you can do to one, save your credit score as much as you can, but also potentially improve it in the season rather than allowing it to actually go down. Yeah. So according to the survey, one third of US credit card holders have had at least one credit misstep (laughs) since the beginning of coronavirus. So since the beginning of coronavirus, one third of people who have a credit card have made a misstep. So let's look at some of those. Uh, 17% of US adults racked up additional debt. Um, just it's understandable. It's understandable. I mean, we're in a we're in a place where some people weren't able to go into work, and so they use debt to fund lifestyle or just to pay for groceries. Right. You know, not nothing right. crazy. Twelve percent paid a bill late. Eight percent carried a balance on their credit card. Now they said that it was with the goal of improving their credit score, but I just want you to know there's a little bit of a myth there. Yes. Because you can have a zero balance on your credit card, and it will still build your credit. Uh, we'll talk about that later on, but I thought it was funny that they said 8% carried a balance with the goal of improving their credit score. Yeah. That means 8% of people were uninformed. I think it's a little <laughs> bit funny. Yeah. Uh, 6%... Not, not our audience. Not our audience. <laughs> yeah, not, not our audience. You guys have been listening from day one, uh, and we've talked about this a lot. So 6% did not pay a bill at all. Uh, 3% canceled a credit card uh, with the goal of improving their credit score. Again, interesting, because when you cancel a credit card, you decrease your access to debt, you Mm -hmm. decrease that limit, and when you decrease the limit, it potentially raises your utilization ratio, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But again, canceling a credit card might actually hurt your credit score, not help your credit score. Uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't cancel credit cards. I'm saying you need to be aware of the effects. So uh, one thing that we talked about a few episodes ago was that one third of people are behind on either a mortgage payment or a rent payment. Mm-hmm. That is massive. Yeah. Now, most of those people end up catching up by the end of the month over the last few months. But to be behind on a major bill, your mortgage or rent, one third. Um, now, under the CARES Act, they have six to 12 months of forbearance uh, if they work with their bank where that won't affect their credit score. But I can guarantee you that as soon as the credit, the CARES Act you know, is finished, that time frame of six to 12 months, that if these people haven't negotiated with their bank a new way to make those payments, there's going to be more credit scores dropping. We're going to see more people struggling. And so let's just do a quick overview, Leo, of where the credit score comes from, Mm -hmm. uh, who's tracking this. Where does it start? Yeah, so if you're new to this, uh, maybe credit score is not something that you really dug into or understand. There are three major credit reporting agencies, companies. One is Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. And what they do is they collect the information on you, whether you like it or not. This is something that they will have access to. And they know who you owe, how much you owe, 
And based on your ability to borrow mm -hmm. and your history and your on-time payment, there's several factors here we'll dig into a little bit more, but they extend or give you a credit score so that lenders can look at you, kind of surmise whether you'd be somebody that they can lend to, whether you're going to repay, what's the chance that you'll repay, or what's the chance that you'll default. And based on that score, lenders will lend you money. Now, if your score is higher, you'll get better rates, meaning lower rates, less interest, it'll be cheaper for you to borrow. If you don't have a good score, if your credit score is lower, based on your history, based on all those things, then lenders may still lend you money, but it'll cost you more because your interest rate will be higher, therefore it'll cost you more to borrow. That's right. So these three companies that you may have never even heard of, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, they are tracking all of your credit mm -hmm. and debt use. Yep. That's pretty staggering. I'm going to talk about that towards the end of the episode. Uh, but let's say that you want to find your report today or you want to find your credit score today. Where can you go to do that? Well, the first thing is the annualcreditreport.com. Now, if you Google it, you'll find that other companies have tried mm -hmm. to use AdWords to get their company to jump up first where you have to pay for it. Yep. Uh, you want to do the actual www.annualcreditreport.com. And you go there and once a year, you can download your whole report mm -hmm. from each of these three agencies. That's right. And you can, you can download one report from each agency once a year. Yes. So you could do all three at one time and compare what all they're tracking about you. You can see what they're tracking. Uh, or you could do one in, I don't know, January and get a little insight into what's going on. And then you could do another one in June and get some insight. And you could do another one in November. Like you could space it out and have throughout the year, three different times you see what's being tracked. Mm -hmm. um, I like to do it all at once when I'm first starting out just to see that the information is accurate across all three. And then the next year I space it out. But uh, that's where you can find the report. That just tells you what they're tracking and if it's accurate. Mm -hmm. then you need to find your score because they take this huge report with tons of data uh, and they plug it into a mathematical equation and they score you based on how you've used that debt and credit. Right. So if you want to find your credit score, the number one place that I would recommend you go to is creditkarma.com. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's where I look at my score. It keeps it up to date. It's free. A lot of credit card companies will now let you find your score through that. Yep. Uh, I think Discover and maybe Chase and maybe Wells Fargo. I think a lot are trying to compete now where they give you your score for free. Yeah, and a lot of banks do it too. My credit union offers it for free. Yeah. Um, it's something that you just sign up for. And this is something that you had to pay at least $15 for, but sometimes $30 for just 10 years ago. Yep. I mean, it used to not be easy to access your score. They've made it a lot easier. So you want to be able to look at your report through annualcreditreport.com, and you want to be able to know your score and understand your score a little bit. Right. So Leo, what are some of the ranges for scores and what does that look like? Yeah. So credit scores range from 350, that's the lowest, to as high as 850. 350 to 620 is what's considered a bad credit score. 620 to 660 is fair. Uh, 660 to 720 is a good credit score. And anything over 720, so 720 to 850, would be excellent. This is what's going to give you the best rate. So if you're going for a mortgage that, you know, let's say the average mortgage rate right now is 3.5%. If you're over 720, you'll be able to get that best rate. If you're under 720, then that's going to might add a half a point to a point, sometimes more than that. just yeah. depends on how low your credit score is. So it's really important to understand the scores and understand not only what the ranges are, but what causes that score to be 
good, bad, fair, or excellent. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Let's say that you have a good score, but you're only 20 points away from an excellent score. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you should wait just a few months to get into the excellent category before you go shopping for a mortgage. Because let's say that it's just half of a percent difference. Mm -hmm. You go from a 3.5% interest rate on your mortgage to a 4% interest rate. That half a percent, if it's $100,000... Well, 1% would be $1,000 a year. So half a percent would be 500 bucks a year. You're essentially saving $500 a year for a 30-year mortgage. Yeah. I mean, that's not too bad. That's, that's, that's too 15 bad. grand. And that's yeah. not including how interest compounds. So, yes. so just be aware of just a 20-point difference can be a $15,000 decision on a home purchase. And that's why it's so important to be aware of what your score is. And this is one of the reasons we recommend Car- Credit Karma, because it's an app on your phone. You can check it. You can set up notifications. So if somebody's trying to open up a credit card in your name, mm-hmm. then you'd get a notification. So it's a it's an inexpensive, obviously, free way to keep track of your score. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pull up your whole credit history or your credit report on there, but you'll be able to pull up your score and it just keeps you engaged with it. And it's, you know, David and I know about it. We use it, but honestly, guys, I'm not on it every day. My score doesn't change every day, but I have made it a practice to look at it about once a month just because it helps me to make sure that nothing gets on my credit reports that shouldn't be on there. So let's look at how they weight your credit score. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit complex, but it's really important to understand because for a long time, it was hard to know exactly what their mathematical formula was right. to create your score. So we're going to tell you the most important things to focus on when you're rebuilding your credit history, when you're trying to repair your credit so you can buy a house, buy a car with a lower interest rate in the future. So number one, the biggest thing is your payment history. Are you paying on time Mm. or are you keeping a zero balance month to month? So Leo and I, we both keep a zero balance on our credit cards. Uh, So we both have a credit card. But when we spend on that credit card, we pay it off usually within a week or two, but always by the end of the month. So we always carry a zero balance and that improves your credit. Zero. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And David's talking about carrying a balance from month to month. On any given day, we might have you know a few hundred dollars on our credit card because we're buying groceries, we're buying gas, and those kind of things. But at the end of the month, before that grace period ends, we pay it off. So there's mm-hmm. no balance carrying over. How this records on the credit report is that you're making on-time payments. Yes. And more than that, that you're actually paying it off. Because another factor in this is, are you just paying the minimum payment? Mm. Or are you paying just a little bit more? Or are you paying it off? Those matter as well, and they kind of come into that formula. But again, payment on time history is the number one. It's 35% of the score. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty significant. Yeah. So even if you have credit cards and you're not able to carry a zero balance, um, let's say you are carrying a $100 balance but you're, or a $5,000 balance, but you're paying it down and you're paying on time. Paying on time every month is a good mark on your credit. Even if you're just paying the minimum, right. it's a good mark on your credit. Okay, so payment history is number one. Are you paying on time every month? Number two is the amount that you owe total out of the amount that you can borrow. That's right. This is called your utilization score. How much of your total credit are you utilizing? Let's say that you have uh, two credit cards. And total, you can borrow up to $10,000 on those two credit cards. 
but you're only using one of them and you've only borrowed $3,000 on that one card. Mm -hmm. You've utilized $3,000 out of the $10,000 that you had access to. This is a 30% utilization ratio. The credit reporting companies want to see you always below the 30% mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you only have one credit card and it's for $10,000 and you're using 8,000 of that and you're paying it down slowly, um, it looks bad because you are utilizing almost all of the credit that you have access to. 80%. 80%. And yep. they are afraid because they're thinking this person is on the edge of going into a place where they can't make payments. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're only utilizing 30%, they see that you have margin in how much you can borrow and they start to give you a better mark. So that utilization ratio, the amount that you owe really does matter. So paying your credit cards off will improve your credit score. Yeah, so that's 30% of your scores based on that. So between the payment history, meaning you're paying on time and the amount that you owed, that's 65% of your total total score. score. That's huge. So if you pay on time and if you keep your borrowing to less than 30% of what you actually can borrow, those two will probably keep you in an excellent range. Mm -hmm. Because if you do those two, creditors are looking at you and saying, they're in control, they've got plenty of margin, they could borrow more if they wanted to, and they're making the payments on time every single month. Those two things will probably put you into an excellent range. That's right. Okay, so the fourth thing, or I guess the third thing, is the length of credit history. This is just how long you've had credit and mm-hmm, debt. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so when you're 18 years old, you get your first credit card, your length of history is like one month or one year. And they're looking at you saying, this person has not established that they can pay their credit cards off yeah. for a long period of time. And so just the length of history. Now, I'm, I've got maybe, I don't know, 15 or more years mm-hmm. of credit history now. So yeah. now the credit reporting companies look at me and they say, hey, for 15 yeah. years, this guy has paid on time we're going to improve his score. Right. Uh, so some of this, you can't, it's not up to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's up to the length of history, but that's only 15% of yep. your total credit score. Just the length of time that you've been dealing with the credit bureaus. Yeah. So then the next one is new credit. So 10% of the score is based on this. So if you're taking on, let's say an additional loan or an additional credit card, this will count up to 10%. Now, the interesting thing about this part is that if you add a credit card, let's say you're adding a credit card and that balance that you could borrow is up to $5,000, but you don't borrow more than maybe $100 to $200 or maybe you pay it off at the end of the Mm -hmm. month. You've just increased your ability to borrow by $5,000, but you haven't used it. Mm -hmm. So now your overall borrowing uh, amount has increased, but you've still kept it under that 30%. So even though it's going to take a hit because you opened up new credit, the creditors are thinking, oh, are they looking to borrow more? No, not necessarily. It will hit you for maybe a month or two. But as soon as they see that you didn't go jump into a ton of debt, mm-hmm. they're going to improve your score because now you have more credit available, but you're utilizing it wisely. You're not going over that 30%. You're keeping it low. That's right. This is why it's important that if you are going to buy a house or make a large purchase where you need to keep your credit score high, you shouldn't open up a new credit card, mm-hmm. you know, within three months of that. You right. shouldn't get a new car within three months of that. You shouldn't do any kind of credit check or any kind of, uh, it's called a hard inquiry where you're about to get more credit. The only thing that should be on your credit report is when you do an inquiry or a hard inquiry for a home loan. Right. Because when you 
ask for new credit, they lower your score just a little bit. Yes. So you want to have that only happen one time when you're buying a home. That way your score isn't lowered into the place where it costs you more long term. So that's new credit. Uh, and again, as Leo said, when you have new credit, it lowers your utilization ratio. So it can actually be good for you. Um, yeah, but you just in the short term, in it the short term, ding you. it'll yep. ding you. Yep. And then the final thing is your credit mix, the different types of credit that you have. Mm-hmm. So I have a mortgage. That's one type of credit. I have a credit card. That's another type of credit. Um, I kind of have a small credit mix. It kind of stops there for me, mortgage yeah. and credit cards. But they like to see that you have a car loan, that you have a furniture loan, that you yep. have student loans. The, now, this is funny. This is why I love and hate. I mean, this, this <laughs> stuff drives me crazy. They want to see you playing with debt. Leo and I don't really want to see you playing with debt. No. Leo and I want to see you increasing margin and investing wisely and removing debt from your life. Uh, the credit bureau wants to see, oh, this person can juggle their student loan. This person can juggle their car loan. This person can juggle their home loan. This person can juggle four different credit cards. They say, look at this huge mix of A debt. professional borrower. A professional <laughs> borrower. That's, a, that's yeah. perfect. So borrower. it only counts for 10% of your overall credit score um, and how they weight the math of this, but it's something you need to be aware of. So if you only have one credit card, that's your only mix is one credit card. That's going to hurt your overall credit score a little bit because they want to see you having multiple forms of debt. I'm not saying you need to have multiple forms of debt, but you need to be aware that this affects your credit score. Yeah. What's been interesting to me is I've counseled different folks that have had you know, situations where their credit score, when I first began working with them, was pretty low. I actually asked them for their permission to start that they would send me reports of where their credit score is going. Because so I've been kind of secretly keeping track of how quickly can someone turn this thing around? Mm-hmm. How quickly can you improve your score? And I've been surprised with a couple of clients how quickly, uh, as soon as they're able to either negotiate or pay off their debt, how quickly their credit score bounced. So I believe today there's a lot more grace in this area because, let's face it, our economy, as we talked about many, many times, is based on you borrowing. And Mm -hmm. so they don't want to discourage you from borrowing. They just want to make sure that you repay. Mm -hmm. So they're going to look at what you're doing as soon as you repair your situation and they feel confident that you've done the right things, they're going to increase your score because they want to be engaged and borrow again. So it is something you have to be cautious of. Don't go and do a bunch of stuff thinking, "Ah, I could repair it later. No, we never want to have that attitude. But know that it's not the end of the journey. If your credit score right now is not good because you are carrying too much debt or you've not made on-time payments, don't don't worry about it so much because you will be able to fix it. Uh, Let's talk about some of the ways to improve the credit score, David. Yeah, so the number one thing is just to pay on time. Mm -hmm. And that's why Leo and I always recommend that you spend on purpose, that you have a budget in place so you will make your payments on time, Mm -hmm. and then that you save before you spend. So if something goes wrong, you have extra savings to make your credit payments. That's right. Uh, So just just spending or paying on time or carrying a zero balance, that counts as paying on time. Yes. Uh, The next thing is paying more than the minimum payment. So if you are carrying a balance month to month, pay beyond the minimum because the faster you lower your utilization ratio, the faster you pay off debt, the more quickly your credit gets better. So paying on time and then paying off more and more and then making sure that you'd never utilize more than 30%. That's right of your overall access to debt. So if you have access to $50,000 of debt, then you don't use more than $17,000 at any point in time. Um, and you know, with Leo and I, we just literally keep it at zero month to month. 
And so no matter how many credit cards we have, our utilization by the end of the month is always zero. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something else about this that we can lose sight of. It's not just about the credit score. When you're just paying the minimum payment, you're paying interest. And usually it's you know high nowadays. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Most credit cards, it's at least 16, 17%. You might have an introductory rate there. But I'm shocked at how expensive it is to borrow today through a credit card. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know. Honestly, do not know what my credit interest rate is on my credit cards. I have two credit cards. I don't know what the interest rate. I don't care because yeah. I don't pay it. I pay it on time. But you should be aware that when you're carrying a balance over, you may be paying 20 25% interest on that money. And it's just not wise. You're losing so much of your income to interest payments. So it's best to not allow this credit card or consumer debt to be a major way that you spend money. Uh, get rid of it over time. And just if you're going to use a credit card as a, as a way of having convenience, that's fine. Just make sure you're in charge of it, that you're in control of it, and you can pay it off every month. That's right. Well, the next thing that you need to be aware of when you're repairing your credit score uh, is the length of your credit. And so this is really interesting. Uh, If you have one credit card that you opened up when you were 18, Mm -hmm. and let's say that you're 30 now, you have 12 years of history there. What's interesting is if you add another credit card at age 30, and you've only had it for one month, now they take the average of your 12 years of history and your one month of history. It's ridiculous. So yeah, so now they're like, oh, your history is like six years instead of 12 years. Right. You know, they they do this, I don't know the exact mathematical formula, but they're like, oh, you've only been managing this debt for one month. So Mm -hmm. we're still worried that you aren't going to manage it well. I'm like, okay, I've got 12 years of history, people. But but you need to be aware um, that if you have an average uh, history that is less than two years, that is going to negatively impact your score. So when you first start borrowing, you're just going to start with a low score. Anywhere from five to six years is kind of the mid-range, and they're starting to see, okay, this person's been borrowing for a while, their score is improving, usually over seven years, and they love it when you get to 10 years and 15 years. Mm -hmm. Let me just say this. They love it when you interact with their debt system yeah. for a long period of time. Yes, they uh, do. So the longer, the better. And we're, we're educating you on how the credit score system works. Um, but, but be aware of the philosophy of understanding this, operating in the system, but also really focusing on the truth of removing debt from your life, mm-hmm. carrying zero balance long term, having margin and savings. That's where your real financial health is going to come from. But when you're stuck in the system, you do have to understand how the system works. Yes, yes. And, and again, it's not something that you have a choice to opt out of. I mean, you can. You can be like a Dave Ramsey and never worry about it and never borrow. But we don't think there's anything wrong with using credit cards as long as you're in control of money. You could just use a credit card instead of using cash, which is what I prefer to do. But I've been doing this for a long time, and I've been on a budget for 27 years. So I'm in control I mm-hmm. don't pay interest. They actually pay me points. So we can argue whether they're benefiting or I'm benefiting. I think we both are in some way or another. They probably benefit more than I do. But ultimately, I'm in control of it. And that's what we really want to caution you. A credit score is something that you're going to have. Whether you like it or not, it's going to be there. Because you, as long as you're engaging in any kind of economic exchange, you're going to have a credit score. So just be aware of what causes it to go up or down so that if you do choose to borrow, wisely, which we always recommend, Mm -hmm. that it won't cost you a lot of money to do so. That's right. All right. Well, the final thing here, the the next last thing is just the credit inquiries. Are you asking for more credit? Every time you ask for new credit, they're going to ding your credit a little bit. So if you're trying to improve your score, 
it's probably not the right time to get another credit card. Or if you're trying to improve your score long term and you're not making a new purchase anytime soon, maybe you should get a new credit card now that you just leave it a zero balance so it grows your history. But as soon as you ask for a new credit, it's called a, it's called a hard inquiry. They, you have to do an application. They check your score. And when they check your score, they ding your score because they don't want you to inquire for five or six new accounts That's at right. one time. Yep. Um, and then finally, the credit mix. Again, um, the more mix that you have, the better it's going to impact your score. But let's just, let's just highlight the most important things one more time. 65% of your overall weighted score is that you're paying on time and that you're not utilizing more than 30% of your debt. Mm-hmm. So if you can pay down your debt and you can make on-time payments, your yep. score is automatically going to start improving. That's where you want to be. There's one other thing that we forgot to mention, which is if there are any derogatory marks uh, on your credit report, that's why we recommend that you pull up your credit report once a year from annualcreditreport.com. Because when you do so, it'll help you to see if there's anything on there that shouldn't be on there. And then you can contact the credit bureaus, whichever is posting that on your credit report, and get it repaired. You don't want to have something on there that is a mistake. This happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And you want to make sure that you clean that up because that will affect your credit score. And some some of those will stay on for 7 to 10 years. So you don't want to ignore that. The last thing we want to just touch on is this. The credit score is not your identity. Yeah. This is not something that's going to make you a better person or worse person. Or No, it has nothing to do with that. Unfortunately, it's something that was devised and put into place without our approval, something that we're kind of subject to. So as long as we understand how to use it correctly, we don't allow it to become a measure of our success or a measure of our worth. That's really all we need to worry about is okay, this system is in place. It affects the cost of borrowing and we should try to do our best to manage money. And listen, here's the thing. If you manage money well, the credit score will always be good. You'll always have the ability to borrow at low cost, but don't make it a lifelong goal to always borrow. Right. Use your money wisely, invest, use compound interest to work for you instead of the other way around where you're actually paying interest and making someone else wealthy. Yeah. I just want to encourage you. I know that I mentioned a few times that Leo and I don't carry a balance. And um, my point was just to to highlight that you can keep improving your credit score while not carrying a balance. My point was not to be like, oh, look at us. You know, we're on the other side of this journey where we don't carry a balance. I, I want you to know if you're in the middle of carrying a balance, like we're with you. We're for you. We're, we're, we want you to fight and win, and we want to encourage you. Uh, it, it, don't feel ashamed. No. Not, uh, I'm trying to think of the number. 70% of people in the country are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, we just saw that one-third of people in the country uh, have been late on a mortgage payment or a rent payment. You're not weird if you're carrying debt. Mm-mm. What we want to help you do is to remove that debt from your life so you'll have long, long-term financial health. So don't feel bad. Like Leo said, don't, don't freak out. This is not your identity. Don't find your identity in your credit score. Don't find your identity in your financial net worth. Don't find your identity in the car you drive. Don't find your identity in the house you live in. Um, those are terrible places to find your identity. That's right. Uh, I, it's just, I can, I can think of 10 other places to find your identity. <laughs> you know, uh, your identity can come from family, it can come from relationships, it can come from the talents and strengths that are inside of you. Um, it, it can come from the bonds that are forged of relationship through communities and networks. Uh, it, do not find your identity in money. Nope. We want to help you get money right 
so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. Uh, we want you to find your identity in other places. Uh, for me, biblically, in Christ, uh, being a Christian is a major part of my identity. I'm weighting that 10,000 times more than I would ever look at my financial net worth and say that that's who I am. I, I just want to encourage you. The credit score, you'll hear it talked about. You know, your net worth, you'll hear it talked about. But we are not saying that that's what makes you important. You're important for a million other reasons. We do this podcast because we want to serve you because you're important, mm -hmm. because we care about you. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you'll share it with somebody. I hope that you'll encourage them. The credit score is so important that people just, they don't have good education. There's really not very many places that you can learn behind the scenes how it works. Right. In this 30-minute episode, we hit what it is, where it's made, how you access it. We talked about uh, what it's made up of, what affects your credit score. Uh, be, be aware, this is a quick, easy way to help somebody with their credit journey. So forward this episode to a friend. Um, just you know, copy the link and text somebody. Copy the link and drop it onto your social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, uh, wherever you're connecting with people online. And, you know, come spend time with us. Check out leosabo.com. Leo, what are some of the resources that people can find there? Yeah, one of the best things that you can do is go on there and look at the financial tools. Uh, there's a, also a relevant content such as blogs and, of course, our podcast. But those tools will help you to build a foundation of good money management. So just encourage you to do that. I think it'll be a very, very helpful for you. If you need to know how to get out of debt, how to actually create a debt snowball, how to build a budget, all of that's there. It's free. Uh, please take, take advantage of it. That's right. Come over to stewardshippastors.com. Check out the book, Jesus on Money. Uh, that'll give you a totally different perspective mm. on where the source of your identity can come from and who you are and who you were created to be. Uh, so I just want to encourage you. We love talking about finances, but even Leo and I don't find our identity in our finances. Um, we find it in a million other places. So uh, again, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep getting money right. be aware that when you're carrying a balance over, you may be paying 20-25% interest on that money. And it's just not wise. You're losing so much of your income to interest payments. So it's best to not allow this credit card or consumer debt to be a major way that you spend money. Mm -hmm.